come here to hurt me. And I come here to maim you. You might as well go ahead and admit it. You might as well own up to the philosophy for some of you, and that is that life sucks, and then you die. Now, if you've ever been in a real street fight, that looks at that pretty face, I don't think you've ever taken a punch before in your life. Now, now it's eye, it's eye for an eye. Now it's you, you take one of mine and I take two of yours. Here there sitting at home acknowledge it's tuesday wrestling tuesday with jonathan hood wwe aew mlw nwa new japan the indies and more it's the tuesday wrestling tuesday show with jonathan hood What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks so much for downloading this podcast, not just right now, but throughout 2021. Thank you so much for being part of the TWT tribe, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Whether you're listening on the ESPN Chicago app or Spotify or wherever you get this podcast, thanks so much for downloading it, and I hope that you're going to have a great 2022. And I will tell you, for this show, we've had a great 2021. Well, we went through a really interesting time, didn't we, in professional wrestling? And this is our look back because you remember at the beginning of this year of 2021, we were watching a lot of empty arena matches as wrestling fans. I mean, it's amazing to think that we were watching the WWE continue to have shows at Tropicana Field at the WWE Thunderdome. And also uh, in Tampa, Florida, at another venue, an arena that they had uh, in March, April, May. As a matter of fact, the first time that we actually saw wrestling with fans is AEW. They were the first ones to be able to have their shows in Jacksonville, Florida, and to start to travel. It was an amazing time, and Impact Wrestling still going through it right now, where they have very few fans in their arena that they have in Nashville, but for a long time, no fans. The same thing with New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan was thriving for a long time, then the pandemic happened. COVID-19 affected all of sports, and it definitely affected professional wrestling and sports entertainment. I will tell you that for this show, uh, I really love the growth of this show in particular, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, because I look at the numbers and I know that you're listening across North America and around the world too, because I get all the stats and I just am really appreciative of you listening to this podcast because during the lean times, you know, of trying to watch wrestling with no fans, and watching ratings really wane is very difficult, right? And even for me as a wrestling fan, yes, I watch the in-ring action, but man, it's nothing like you and I being in the arena. But the same year of 2021 in which we were at home, couldn't go to the arenas because the WWE wasn't traveling and AEW wasn't traveling, somehow, some way in the spring, in May, and June, all of a sudden, here comes AEW and they start traveling and then the WWE started traveling and I started traveling. Um, it, I think it's because of the pandemic and because I couldn't go anywhere or most of us couldn't go anywhere, we couldn't travel and COVID-19 has, had been such a factor 
that I've been to more wrestling matches and cards in 2021 than I have in years. Because I took it for granted, right? It's like I could pick and choose. Okay, MLW's coming to town. I'll watch them at the Cicero Stadium uh, right outside of Chicago. Or I could be able to go to an AEW show here, WWE show there. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, I just went to SmackDown at the Rosemont uh, All-State Arena uh, outside of Chicago. I was just there uh, this past Friday night. I've been to three or four AEW shows. I was there in Indianapolis. I was there in Milwaukee. I was there in Chicago several times. Uh, all three venues uh, for Chicagoland. I was there for that. Went to a Warrior Wrestling show just recently in Tinley, uh, Park, Illinois. So th- the thing is, is that I love professional wrestling and you love professional wrestling. Doesn't matter which flag that you plant, whether it's a WWE flag or a New Japan flag or AEW, it doesn't matter. We are all wrestling fans. And to be able to go to the arenas again and doing it safely, you know, listen, I'm not trying to breathe on anybody and I don't want to get sick and I know that you don't either. But it's just, to me, when I go into the arenas, like the last AEW show I went to uh, in Chicago, downtown, it was able to see a, uh, a Dynamite show. Yeah, I didn't care who was around me. I just knew that I was around wrestling fans and I didn't think about COVID-19. All I thought was, man, it's really good to be able to have a good time. And one of the greatest times I had ever as a professional wrestling fan is when CM Punk returned to pro wrestling. I was there at the United Center and it th- I thought it was amazing. It was amazing to watch CM Punk return to pro wrestling. That was great. And there's been a lot of moments I've seen over the years, man. So many great moments. But to see CM Punk and the reaction. Listen, I've been at the United Center when Michael Jordan uh, played for the Bulls. I've been to concerts where there was a big crowd and a loud crowd, but nothing like CM Punk. I mean, it's it's right up there. And then to have CM Punk on the show. Uh, David Kaplan and I had CM Punk on the show. And we have access to Punk anytime we want to talk to him. It was really cool to talk to him like the... The week after he came back to professional wrestling. And that was just a great moment, that long promo, everything else. And I mean, it was just great to be in the house for that. And everything that we've gone through as wrestling fans, we're watching at home, we're not going to the arena. And then for me to be in attendance for that on a Friday, United Center, sold out, rafters, people hanging from the rafters just to see the return of CM Punk. It was great. It was a great moment for pro wrestling. Um, And so also great was WrestleMania. Uh, taking place in Tampa. Like, I just, like, I was just thinking, like, man, are we going to see a the WWE be able to have a big show again? And, yes, they had a big show. And there was this great to see WWE fans in place to be able to see, hey, you know what? The fans are still there. They've waited for a long time. They finally got out of the Thunderdome, and they could be able to have a really big show, too. So I just thought that was great. So many great things happened in pro wrestling despite the um, despite the pandemic and also changes, right? So one of the changes that took place is NXT's move to Tuesdays, leaving Wednesday. Remember, we had the Wednesday Night Wars between AEW and NXT. NXT moved to Tuesday. Now, remember, the f- thing that we heard was, well, you know, NXT's moving to Tuesdays because NBC's going to get the NHL package. NHL is going to be played on Wednesday, so we're going to move to Tuesday. 
Uh, come to find out that NBC was never really in the mix to have the National Hockey League. That was a Turner deal. And so NXT ultimately moved to get away from the war with AW because NXT continued to lose week in and week out. And it really hasn't worked out well for NXT. But the point is, is that that change was significant in 2021, moving to Tuesdays. And then Triple H and Shawn Michaels together kind of losing their grip on NXT. Now it's NXT 2.0. That's a change. AW having a show on Friday nights after SmackDown, right? So SmackDown airs, which is a big deal for professional wrestling for the WWE, that's for sure. But then at 9 p.m. Central, here comes AEW Rampage, also part of 2021. So a lot of changes happening in wrestling, a lot of movement, and I can't wait to see what's happening in 2022. I'm going to call my guy CJ Taylor. He's been on the program before, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the highlights of 2021 in professional wrestling uh, and some things to look forward to in 2022, that is for sure. By the way, another change that we have to mention is this show as far as merchandise. Did you know that professional wrestling fans, you can get Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday merchandise. If you click my bio on Instagram or Twitter at WrestlingTWT, again, WrestlingTWT for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, you could be able to get t-shirts and mugs uh, and socks if you care to um, and tumblers. All the merchandise is available right now on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Just click the bio. It's the first thing that you'll see. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday merchandise under the Hood Show merchandise. It's all there. Just go through it. I'd love for you to be able to order something because when you go to a wrestling show, I want you to represent this show. If you're listening to this show... On your block, you'll be the first one with a Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday t-shirt or um, Tumblr or whatever you'd like. But look around it. I'd love for you to be able to order something. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Represent the podcast you listen to. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here. So glad that you're with us here as we review 2021. What a interesting year for professional wrestling. One we'll never forget. CJ Taylor, my buddy here, is with us here from the CTJ Report. What's up? How you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Just wanted to check in with you about 2021. I was just in the open. I was talking about how wrestling was just so uh, uh, different uh, than we're used to, right? You're talking about the Thunderdome and the WWE and, you know, empty arenas in Jacksonville for the AEW. So what are your earliest memories like of 2021 of watching wrestling? When you turn on, it certainly was different, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you started the year, like you said, in the Thunderdome, uh, AEW, you know, doing shows in front of empty audiences. And then all of a sudden you go to WrestleMania and boom, you're in front of people. And the the, the show popped, especially for some of your bigger moments. Uh, obviously, the, the headliner of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair on night one, you know, captivated the crowd. So uh, those are my earliest memories of, of 2021 to say, you know what, this is... This could end up being something special, especially if they can get back in front of crowds. Yeah, so that so it's interesting. The maximum limit of fans during that time in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium was twenty five thousand. And I remember, you know, it's 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 Florida, so definitely the WWE was going to be able to have a show down there because it was open. Like the as the majority of our country was closed, Florida was open for business, right? And so if you're going to have an event, you're going to have it in Florida. I mean, same thing with AEW. So what I remember is that like through the rain, still people were comfortable and and locked in to be able to watch WrestleMania. So because I, I remember 
Michael Cole and Samoa Joe like in rain ponchos, right? It just, yeah, it's yeah. just, it was just so ridiculous. But what really uh, stood out, you're right. That night one with Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. So, so peep this. I remember the pregame show, right? The pregame show with John Bradshaw Layfield is like, you know, this is not about two black women going out. It's not black history. It's just history, right? And then there's Michael Cole to the rescue right before the match saying the first time ever the two African-American women have been able to headline WrestleMania. I know what you, I don't know what the hell JBL was talking about, but actually that was history, especially for the WWE. Oh, definitely. I mean, that that was, like you said, it was history. It was, you know, something you have obviously never seen before. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have like two women headline WrestleMania. I mean, we've seen that. But to have two black women uh, who were very, you know, intentional about letting you know about their blackness um, mm-hmm. headlining WrestleMania, that was just something. Uh, my five-year-old daughter is a Sasha Banks fan. You know, so she's she's watching the, the match. There's Sasha Banks. You know, that type of representation means something. It, it was definitely, you know, just a, a, a historic night. And like you said, kudos to, to Michael Cole for, you know, understanding the importance of that that headlining main event. That was super important. It really was. Um, and so it's funny that your daughter is a fan of Sasha Banks because I don't, I've never seen her in a bad match. It's almost like the WWE. It's not like they're putting her in only special situations like Brock Lesnar for a while where Brock would just come in from time to time. It just seems like Sasha's always put in the best spotlight for the most part in her career where when you see your tag team match singles, like she shines and she's just so super smooth in the ring. So at some point in 2022, she'll probably see gold again, right? Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I imagine her and Charlotte probably uh, going for the SmackDown women's title at, at WrestleMania. I mean, it's going to be in Dallas, going to have 100,000 100, people there. I imagine that's going to be one of the, the, the matches that's going to possibly steal the show. They both, uh, Charlotte and, and Sasha, have like wicked chemistry with each other. Yeah, let's run that back. Um, I'm, yeah. I, I would look forward to seeing uh, that match and probably Charlotte walking, I mean, uh, Sasha walking away with the with the belt again. Because even though she's, she's big enough where she doesn't need the belt, the belt just looks better around her waist yeah. than, than some of the other ladies. And I'm just being honest with that. Right. There, there is a, a Rick, Ricky Steamboat-like element with her or it is, as far as her silky smoothness in the ring and the way yeah. she's able to go about her business. Um, Babyface or heel, I don't even know if there's a character um, uh, kind of flaw in what she does because people want to be her. Guys want to be with her and women want to be her. And that's exactly, I think, the vibe that she gives. And one other thing about the other side of this matchup with Bianca Belair. So I saw her recently against uh, Piper Niven. We will not call her Dewdrop because that I, is... I refuse to. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's some bullshit. So we're not calling her Dewdrop <laughs> because that's nonsense. Um, I saw Piper Niven in NXT UK. Um, you can just do a YouTube search. I mean... She is. She moves like a cruiserweight for her size, and she does a lot of things. But that's a. Uh, if if there was ever a Bruce Pritchardism, you know, she looks like a dew drop in her body. She looks like like it's an end of a of a drop. So we'll call her dew drop, which is nonsense. Uh, but but Bianca Belair, you know 
that a lot of people are still salty about what happened in 2021 regarding how Bianca got embarrassed in Las Vegas and lost in less than 30 seconds her championship to a returning Becky Lynch. I'm wondering, will, will Bianca be back in the mix again for the championship? Because uh, where's the rematch? Where's the one-on-one um, on a regular basis, the program with Becky? That's missing off the 2021 calendar. Yeah, I just kind of get the feeling that they're they're trying to stretch that out, you know, as as long as possible. The fans definitely wanted her, especially when she moved over to Raw, just to take the belt immediately, you know, away from Becky. But uh, I, I just think that that that's probably your other women's title match at, at WrestleMania. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bianca does the back to back and and wins the Royal Rumble again. And this time challenges Becky. I mean, that I can see that happening. And uh, at some point in 2022, Bianca's just getting too many, too many pops, too much shine. The, the fans love her. She's obviously over. She's strong as hell. <laughs> Athletic. I mean, you can really, you know, do things in the ring from a woman you probably hadn't really seen since, I don't know, Beth Phoenix. Sure. So, uh, so uh, at some point, she's got to she's got a whole goal in 2022. And it's not taking anything away from Becky and her thing. The, the problem with Becky is I can't boo her. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, well, here's another layer to that too, right? It, once again, the WWE not being able to build enough baby faces. Like you have to have a line down the middle of a yellow pad and look at baby face and heels. You know, what yeah. Jim, Jim Cornette's called it before, like the great eight, right? Who are my, yeah. my, my best eight superstars? Like um, my four best baby faces, my four best heels. And then you just kind of expand the roster from there. If you draw that line, CJ, right down the middle, you will see like so many heels and not enough baby faces, right? And so with Becky Lynch, this is the equivalent of Stone Cold Steve Austin turning heel. Um, because to me, Becky Lynch was a person that was getting over. She comes back from having a baby. In the next show after WrestleMania, they're in Little Rock, right? And it's kind of like, right. well, who's booing a new mom? Who who's doing that, right? Oh, uh, she's yeah. a heel. Well, I'm not booing her. She's a new mom, and she came back. So I just yeah. think it's it's just the the odd fit of saying, oh no, she's a heel, and she's still trying to do that. But in a lot of arenas, they're like, nope, they love the man, they love Becky Lynch, and it's just a weird fit, just like Austin turning heel, going with Vince McMahon years ago. Oh yeah, uh, it, she is just in that. Uh, Maybe it's just an unfortunate thing where she's always just going to be a face. Yeah. You know, no no matter what she does. I mean, they, they tried turning her heel with the whole program with Charlotte back when they were both on SmackDown. And the, the fans immediately rejected it because, well, Charlotte Flair is just a natural heel. And your the storyline that they set up for that was... Oh well, Becky's got to turn on Charlotte because for, for what? Charlotte stole the match and once again pushed her out of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't be pissed off about that right. and root for the underdog in that situation? Um, yeah, Becky, Becky's a face, and Vince has got to find some some heels in the women's division on that side of Raw uh, to to balance things out. It's, it's completely unbalanced, and that goes for the guys too. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So, you know, night two of WrestleMania 37 in Tampa saw Roman Reigns defeat Edge and Daniel Bryan. Now, this is significant because Roman Reigns is that dude. Um, and I think there's, I was telling uh, Mark Henry this, this recently, uh, last week, I said, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers in the locker room, in any locker room, especially in the WWE, that wish they had the autonomy that Roman Reigns has saying, okay, where are we going with the storyline? Okay, let me do the verbiage and then we're good. Like everything is scripted to the letter in the WWE. Very few have the opportunity to be able, and the leeway to be able to say what they want to say. This is completely Roman, right? Right now, that's that's completely Roman. It's how Roman wants to go about it. The way he is smooth on the mic, doesn't really get angry on the mic and is very arrogant. Um, there's a guy that is a heel and, and, and has lived this part uh, very well. And you think about night two, right? So Roman Reigns defeats Edge and Daniel Bryan. Not just beats him, beats him soundly. You talk about making Roman look uh, strong. I'll never forget that. It's like, wow. It's like he stacked up Bryan and Edge like they were just preliminary wrestlers. I'll never forget that. Yeah, that that was the other uh, big thing from that weekend. And, and you're right about Roman. Uh, just being, he is the guy, uh, not just in WWE, possibly the industry right now. Uh, just, just being the guy and just having, how long have we been waiting for this though? We've been saying this for years. Yeah. Let, let Roman go. Let Roman just do what he does. He's a natural heel. He has that look. He's, he has that arrogant look like I'm better than you and I know it. Uh-huh. Not to take away from MJF. But, <laughs> but he has that thing and to find, for Vince to finally see that and just let him go and do, an, and do his thing. I mean, Roman Reigns is appointment television. I don't care where you are. When he comes on the screen, you're watching every single week. And that is what you want from your top guy. Heels or effects. That's what you want. So something else too uh, that really stood out, and and that is the fact that we saw NXT move from Wednesdays to Tuesdays. They ran from the fight, and so they moved to Tuesdays. Now again, NXT for me meant a lot, and because I think for the average wrestling fan, CJ, they were looking at it like, hmm, you know, maybe Triple H is the heir apparent after Vince. You know, leaves or you know, God forbid, when he passes away, that they they're they're going to give the opportunity for um, Triple H to run the company. And so, I liked NXT. I've always liked NXT, especially their takeovers, um, because they were mega events. They were part of something I thought was. Uh, kind of from wrestling's past, like territory wrestling used to look like this. You know, I said about NXT on this podcast, NXT is like territory wrestling with money, <laughs> right? Like, like, like with the good lights and the good cameras, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, but then they had these takeovers. They were a lot of times, more times than that, I thought they were better than the WWE pay-per-views. But then I think because NXT kept getting its ass kicked by AEW, I think Vince had enough. And so this is why right now we're looking at uh, 2.0, which is a bunch of kids mixed with a few veterans. And it's just reimagined. And and what we saw is take over, stand and deliver in Orlando with Kyle O'Reilly defeating Adam Cole. And and to me, that was the end of the Triple H era right there. Yeah, that that was definitely the the passing of, of the torch moment. Like it's you know it's it's time you know for these young kids. Let's see what they have. 
um, the Triple H thing. I, I, I agree with you. I, I love the black and gold. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was appointment television as well, and especially the uh, the, the takeovers. I mean, that that was just outstanding, uh, outstanding pay per views uh, to, to to watch. Pay per view quality, mm-hmm. where you're like. Jesus, this is better than you know the the pay per view that was coming on WWE the, the, for the main roster the next night. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, they had to kind of do the rebranding thing. You know, is I think this goes back to what you and I talked about before. Vince not really getting you know what NXT was about and what the fans really loved about you know NXT just outstanding wrestling pro wrestling that you just wanted to see on on a weekly basis that's what nxt was giving you and it's it's no it's not a mystery why you know adam Adam coles of the world you know are going on and doing things and are getting huge pops because you know the work that was done in nxt it's it's um I'm, I'm I'm still trying to hold on to see what, what 2.0 is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, this this is what. Listen, if I need to know about 2.0, I will just go to you know the C, the the ctjreport.net because that's the only place <laughs> I'm going to read that. It's the only time I'm going to watch it, right? Seriously, because it's a bunch of kids that we don't know, and then the ones that you believed in, you cut, which is another storyline yeah. we'll get into in a moment. But just so, but. So the other side of this is that uh, AEW pretty much chased AEW. I'm sorry, AEW chased the NXT program to Tuesdays. Now I was saying in the open for those that don't remember this, um, NXT said, "Well, we're going to move to Tuesdays because you know hockey, the NHL will resign with NBC Universal, so uh, we have to move off of Wednesdays and we have to go to Tuesdays." And when it come to find out that NBC Universal was really never in the mix to retain hockey. Ultimately, the WWE got tired of getting beat by AEW, and so they want to have their own night. That's what happened. Uh, and so, so, a, so AEW. So we look at that company, and again, it's not it's not been perfect. Clearly, right? It's a new company, and they've had some some missteps, and they've had some great things that's happened for them in 2021. I remember early, like in in the winter, in the spring. You had shows like Beach Break and you had like the supposedly supposed to have an exploding ring that never happened, you know, with John Moxley and Kenny Omega. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on, man. You cannot just like say this is what we want to do and then not do it. Right. I mean, yeah. they did a lot of stuff. There's like, OK, that's a head scratcher. Why is that allowed to happen? And it, it happened. Right. That was weird. That yeah. was that was a misstep, I thought, for AEW. Yeah, they yeah the start of of, of the year for AEW just uh, yeah just a lot of head scratching moments. Uh, me kind of looking at it, just going, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna probably go to Bleacher Report or listen to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday to get some <laughs> <laughs> to get some updates on on AEW because I don't know if I can really sit through this. Yeah. and and then you know the summer happened and uh, they they started to find their groove mm-hmm. and. Uh, leading right up to uh, the the surprise that wasn't really wasn't a surprise, but still a surprise, yeah. and the return of CM Punk, and it just seemed like it seems like they haven't looked back from from that. Yeah, that so, point. Yeah, so uh, okay, so this is the first time that I can recall 
And I'm just going by my memory, which is, can be foggy at times. But I just I don't recall ever a time where one company ha- was in three venues in the same in the same calendar year in the same city. So AEW ran the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates. They <laughs> they ran um, the DePaul Arena. What is it, CJ? The the DePaul uh, is it the Wintrust? Yeah, Win- yeah, the Wintrust Arena where the um, Chicago yeah. Sky play, and it ran yeah. the United the United Center. I was and I I've been to all three this year, but I've never seen a company run three you know three venues in the same year in the same city. But they did right, and so the 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 whole thing with AEW is and and by the way, they were the first to travel out of the pandemic because mm-hmm. again they're in florida so they were in miami for road rager they had had some shows they got out of jacksonville which is a fine venue where they wrestle but they were able to go other places but you know out of all of that it's a learning ex- experience for tony khan some things that you know you never get on social media and show your damn card that's just ridiculous yeah. he's, ta- he's he's like oh you want to take a picture of me sure i'll cheese for this picture yeah but you're showing like your whole future of your card that was kind of weird yeah but the whole thing with CM Punk, man, uh, it was such a great moment. I had to be there, right? Because that building was not available three weeks before that event took place. It was just kind of like, you know, it was Tony Khan calling like, hey, can we get the United Center on a random Friday night, you know, in August? And it's like, yeah, yeah it's available. Now, you know, like, it cost like well over a million dollars to open, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like so, somewhere in that area, right? Around like the the Madison Square Garden, they they tell me it's like one point five million just to open, turn the lights on. But for the United Center, it's kind of like it's somewhere in that area to be able to have an event and to hold that building for a couple days, and to know that everyone knew CM Punk was coming, it, it was not a secret. And then he's there, and then get that reaction. I mean, it's one of the yeah. greatest moments I can remember as a wrestling fan. It, it was. I, I remember. I, I was. I was sitting here. I just put my kids to bed. Um, Rampage is coming on, and, and just, I'm just feeling. It's like they have to lead the show off with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that is the only way to open this show. You can't wait to the end because you don't know how the crowd is going to be at that point. They were red hot, and it was like, let me let me just come out. And even though we all knew, you know, he was coming out, it was still like the, the oh shit. CM Punk, yeah, you know, <laughs> and that was uh, I. I marked out sitting on my couch, just like I never thought I would see this day that he would be back in a wrestling ring, and it was it was one of those goosebumps. Where were you moments uh, when CM Punk came back? Where were you? You know when that happened. So it, it was, yeah, that was just a great great night for again professional wrestling. You know to to have him back and. You know, it's great seeing him back, you know, just um, working with some of the, the, the younger talent and uh, just kind of get trying to get him, you know, feeling himself again, you know, to, to where he can, where, which is where I'm sure is going to happen. And at some point, he's going to contest for the AEW title. I mean, you're not going to have a guy like CM Punk, you know, in your promotion and not have him challenged for the title. But just the, that night, man, that was... You know, I was I was a ten year old kid again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, in the first dance, I was kind of like, oh, "What does that mean?" That's really not a great name, but but you will <laughs> never forget the first dance. Do you remember exactly. the main? 
CJ, remember the remember the main event for this? It was John Moxley against Daniel, Daniel Garcia. No one will ever remember that match, but they'll remember CM Punk. <laughs> was yeah. that the first dance? <laughs> yeah, when, when you just asked, I was like, wait a minute, who did wrestle the main event? <laughs> <laughs> so after CM Punk was there and took up like the first quarter hour of the show, it, it was like everything else became blurred to me. I, every and the, the buzz was sustainable. People saw the matches, but they didn't like respond to them because they were just chanting CM Punk the entire night and getting in line for ice cream bars and for T-shirts <laughs> and the merch and all that stuff. Like half the building was empty because they were all in the concourse trying to get, you know, get their CM Punk shit. It was great, man. It was it was a great night. I'll never forget. Yeah, it was um, uh, as soon as I saw the shirt, I'm like literally running to get my my uh, my laptop to order. The, the site shut down. That's right. <laughs> it, it, I think it was yesterday, uh, the next afternoon before I was able to order the T-shirt. I mean, that's just how long the site was down. Everyone just flooded, you know, shop AEW to try to buy that, that new T-shirt. I mean, that, but that's that is that's a star and I, I don't care what Roman Reigns says about you know certain people not being able to move the needle or things like that that's a star and and you know that because of those type of reactions those type of pops it, there are certain people you know when they walk into a ring they're going to get that pop Stone Cold mm-hmm. The Rock you know the, those those type of pops that you know are just going to happen every time they walk out you know in, into an arena that's what that was on that night, it, it was on that level of, of, of pops, and yeah, I, I just I just will never forget that night. So my concern for AEW was when I heard that they were having a second show, AEW Rampage, um, and I was concerned because I was thinking, okay, let this not be WCW, w- yeah, exactly, WCW, uh, Thunder vibes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was like, don't do this, right? Like, I always think like this. I always think that from my standpoint in entertainment, you always want the audience, you always leave the audience wanting more, right? It's like, oh, why can't we have more J-Hood doing this? Why can't you have them? Because it's about letting the audience want more, right? You always have the, and so I thought, okay, if Turner Broadcasting, if they want to have more wrestling, I get that. And so they're going to have an extra hour show. And I was like, oh, geez. So in the same month that CM Punk returned to wrestling, it was the debut of, of Rampage. In Pittsburgh, where uh, Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeats Red Velvet. Uh, it was the first weekly wrestling series to air Friday nights on a Turner channel since 1994 when we had WCW Power Hour. Um, so, and, and during that time, that was hit or miss because you didn't know if the Braves would go over. Like, the Braves would be on there, and you're like, you, you weren't sure if, like, the Braves would end early or, you know, those, that power hour sometimes is like 11 o'clock at night because of baseball, yeah. right? But the first time since 94, which is historic, right, to have something on Friday nights, and I thought, well, you don't have to have something after SmackDown. Like, like if you don't care about the ratings, cool, but you don't have to actually have to have a Friday night show. But Tony Khan wanted it, and clearly Turner wanted it. And so I was concerned for that. There's been some good moments on Rampage, but I thought it was a little extra. But it, it, if, if, the, if the network wants it, what are you going to do, right? Yeah, uh, they're, they're asking for it. So, you know, put a product out. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like you where uh, after you know, two hours of SmackDown because that's really the only wrestling show that I'll actually sit down and, and watch from start to finish. Um, 
you know, after that, uh, it, it's, oh man, it's another hour, you know, of, of rampage and all right, I, I was, I'll sit down and watch it. Um, but I'm, you know, hoping to see, you know, really entertaining stuff. The good thing that it is just one hour. So yeah. you, you can, you can pack a lot in there, um, and, and, and get some things done. But, uh, over the long haul, um, yeah, it's, it's a little concerning, uh, just as if they're going to be able to consistently, you know, deliver, you know, on, on those Friday nights. I mean, especially with the, the, the demographic that they're trying to get, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough slot to be in, you know, 9 p.m. Central when, you know, folks trying to go out. Well, exactly right. Like it, that, that's a perfect DVR show, right? Like I'm yeah. trying to get to the restaurant. I'm trying to get to the bowling alley. I'm trying to kick it to the movie on a Friday night, and that's tough, you know. But again, I understand what the, the game is now. The game is about content, right? As much mm-hmm. content as possible. And so, um, so yeah. I mean, I I thought at the time like ah, you don't need that. And then you got two YouTube shows on top of that. You know, right. that, which is, again, that's for young guys and you're trying to f- develop, but you just don't want to over overexpose your product. And I thought, leave them with wanting more. And they're giving the audience a lot of AEW, but it's successful so far. Yeah, like I said, we'll just see how long, you know, uh, it, it can last. You know, like, you don't want the the WCW Thunder thing where, you know, the show just becomes a train wreck and, uh, you gotta roll out, uh, you know, book a tea every Thursday because nobody else wants to be on the show. Or something like that. <laughs> Don't get me you started. Know, but... <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, you and I could book a better Thunder, and it would have been cool, right? I like if you go back in, in the W. If you go back to the Peacock Network and look at the way Thunder was booked, it was pretty much the best of Nitro. It was like all these yeah. clips, man. I'm like. Dude, you could have started with Bret Hart and then like have all the WCW guys get over. You didn't have to roll out Nash and Hall and all these guys. Don't get me started on that. They like I, I love Eric Bischoff, who always has revisionist history. Well, it wasn't my idea. It was Turner's idea, and it was, and Rick Flair booked this, and Terry Taylor booked that, and Kevin Sullivan. But like, dude, do you have any responsibility whatsoever? Do you have any responsibility on the folding of WCW? No, he's got no shame, none. I, I, no shame at all. Uh, I I marvel at his his way to be able to tap dance around, uh, <laughs> not taking the blame for you know the downfall of, of WCW and Thunder was definitely one of those those moments where yeah they they overextended themselves and they didn't need a, a, a Thursday night show. Who the hell is watching on Thursday nights to begin with? But that's yeah. I, I don't want to get down this road. Oh my god! We we, we could be talking about that all night, dude. I, all that talent and just like no, we're just gonna roll up the NWO again. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Okay, and then and, and then like in in hindsight, it's like you know Chris Jericho and the Luchadors really were good. Well, yeah, no shit, they were good. Yeah, yeah, no shit, they were good. Yeah, but but you buried them in the card though. You put you made them the opening match. Like you never gave any of those guys a real opportunity to be in the main because you just had to have a fifty year old Roddy Piper and Ric Flair out there. But that's just me. Um, Okay, so another major storyline are names like this: Drake Maverick, Tegan Knox, Swerve Scott, Ashante the Adonis, Top Dollar, John Morrison, Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, Oni Lorcan, B Fab. Um, Trey Baxter, uh, Lindsay Dorado, Karrion Cross, Scarlett Bardot, uh, Keith Lee, Harry Smith, Mia Yim, uh, 
Eva Maria, Nia Jax, uh, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Tony Nice, Davari, Ruby Riot, Lana, Braun Strowman, Velveteen Dream. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> Bo Dallas, uh, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay. The list goes on and on. Over 80 superstars that were released by the WWE. CJ, I've been telling you, man, and I've been saying this on this podcast here, that I believe the WWE set up for sale. Um, they released, so You released all this talent, over 80 uh, superstars in that company, but yet you made a huge, huge dividend check. They made a ton of money in 2021 in the pandemic where there's businesses yeah. that are closing. They're the Fortune 500 companies having to kind of re- re-diversify uh, what they do, but yet the WWE was able to make huge money because of their television deals, but yet all those cuts. That was a major story in 2021. Yeah, it definitely was. And, you know, to use the old, you know, uh, John Laurinaitis trope, well, we, we wish you, you know, the best in your future endeavors. You know, these are budget cuts. Right. Oh, come on, dude. You, you can't say that when you make $256 million in one quarter yeah. alone. Yeah. You, you can't do that. Uh, you know, uh, Fans have a, a right to be, you know, pissed off about those those cuts because uh, a lot of that was unnecessary. Uh, just books better stories, you know. Uh, allow the wrestlers to actually have, you know, creative freedom in how they want to uh, take their characters. And if it fails, it fails. But at least give them that option to, you know, to try it out and, and, and do that. Uh, but I'm 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 also kind of happy because you know hopefully. These 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 guys and girls will land in in other promotions and really be able to show uh, what what they're capable of, of doing. The the I mean the hit rolling well, that was just like you 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 went through all this trouble to you know highlight them and give them vignettes on SmackDown and you know one week after they premiere you let go of <laughs> of beat that happened and. Then you expect them to remain a cohesive unit like that. Yeah, that that's the type of stuff that that fans you know get get pissed off about because you you watch them you know with NXT. I, I thought they brought them up a little too early uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought there were some other things that they could have fleshed out uh, with their characters as a group. Um, but if you gonna bring them up, you know, let, let them let them shine. But that's been the. The WWE mantra with NXT stars coming up, you know, to the main roster. Um, I mean, I can probably count on one hand, you know, the NXT stars that have actually thrived on the main roster. So I, I have no idea what that is, and that's my that's my uh, soapbox that I don't I don't want to get into now. Of all the wrestlers that have come up in NXT that somehow are either buried, you know, in the mid card or the low card, or not even in WWE at all. So we come to find out the new WWE philosophy is is that if you're 30 and younger, you have and, and you're in the NXT system, you can be able to get to the main roster. If they're gonna try you out for six months. If it doesn't work, they cut you. So you gotta be you have to have a certain look. You have to be able to you know be tall, and you cannot be from the Indies. They want to be able to develop you from their system, right? So I guess the Triple H thought of let me get like. Uh, Sami Zayn, or let me get, 
you know, uh, Kevin Owens or some of these other guys, Samoa Joe and so many others that went were in the indies and then they came through the system, through the indies, they don't want that anymore. They want to have what you see at NXT 2.0, which is, again, hard to watch because the majority of those guys are through are in the system that never worked enough of the indies to say, hey, you know, at least this person, this, these people have experience. Uh, if you're a woman, you have to be under 30 and have a certain look. Um, like, this is why, like, Dana Brooke is the NXT champion, right? But but here's the thing that's backfired uh, regarding this. So if you want to have, like, a certain look from, from a female, right? You want her to be sexy and you want... Your, your, your average age watching NXT is 64 years old. So who who is this for? It's not for me and you. It's like... Okay, so we've we've seen beautiful women in professional wrestling for a long time. You want to put you want to put the strap on Dana Brooke or her group? That's that's fine. You do what you want. Um, but the point is though is that if you think you're getting a, a younger audience and you think that you are uh, young and hip is what they probably would say in Stanford, that's not hitting at all. Oh no, no, definitely not. Uh, Wow, it is really sixty four. It is sixty four. Yes, the average age of a of an NXT viewer is sixty four years old. Uh, okay, maybe it's for you know uh, uh, old guys. You know, have nothing better to do than sit in their living rooms. You know, ogling uh, young women on NXT. It's, uh, it's sixty four. It's sixty four year old guys that can't work the internet clearly because otherwise yeah. you don't need to watch USA on Tuesdays to see beautiful women. No, there's plenty of content out there for you. <laughs> <laughs> content, is that what you call it? Content. Yeah, content. <laughs> it's like, 64. What do you think about that, yeah. CJ? 64 that, years old. That is a that is a major, major problem uh, for, for WWE and, and NXT. They have to... Listen, the, the indie guys, and say what you want about them and their wrestling style... That's when NXT was at their hottest, when they had those type of wrestlers coming through, you know, their system and, and putting on these fantastic matches. That's what the fans want to see, you know. And if Vince is supposedly, well, we know Vince doesn't give a damn about the fans. No, uh, it's whatever it's whatever lines his pockets. But um, if, if you're trying to put on these shows, give give the fans what they want to see. They they want these indie and these guys. You know, and, and yeah, if you can build a, a a star through your your farm system, great. But what what are we doing here? Are we are we trying to put on you know good professional wrestling, or are we just trying to build a, some type of pipeline so you can get these guys up to the main roster who probably won't be there after six months anyway? Because you know they don't know how to get over. So the we saw the Kenny Omega defeating Christian Cage for the AEW Championship in September of 2021. Uh, the first AEW pay per view held outside of Daly's Place in Florida since the start of COVID nineteen. Um, so uh, obviously Chicago is going to show up, and you know, coming off of what happened with CM Punk, then they go to hop in the states, and so Christian Cage on the scene. That uh, first of all, Kenny Omega. We're going to give him his flowers because uh, here's a guy here that has been wrestling. Not just hurt, but injured. And I think that 
he's done all he could to be able to hold up his end of the bargain as AEW champion. I thought he and Christian had a, had a, first of all, they had a really uh, nice feud. Christian beating Kenny Omega on TV for the Impact Championship. That was a surprise because, I mean, I didn't expect Kenny to lose on TV, but then he retains the AEW Championship at All Out and Off in the state of Illinois. So I think that was cool. And I, Kenny Omega, um, I know that for some he's a, an acquired taste, but I saw him in New Japan and in AEW, and he works hard, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you're right. He is an acquired taste. I mean, either, I get you either love him or you hate him. Yeah. Um, but you cannot deny that man's talent. Um, he knows how to, to go in the ring. He understands how to put on a a, a professional wrestling match that you're you're going to talk about. And that, that goes all the way, like you said, that goes all the way back to New Japan. He gets it. He, he understands what needs to happen, what you need to put in the pot to, to make a hell of a wrestling match. And, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him all the flowers that he deserves because uh, he he helped to put the company on his back uh, until you can, you know, get more stars in to, to be able to help push the company along. Uh, Kenny Omega is honestly one of my MVPs of, of, of 2021 as far as professional wrestling is concerned. Gave up the championship. He did get uh, defeated by Adam Page. And I still, I mean... We out of that, you were able to see one of the great matches of 2021, if not the best match, with Brian Danielson also being part of AEW, which was you know big for AEW and the company. With him coming to the company, uh, Brian Danielson is not Daniel Bryan. He is not the WWE character. He is the asshole that we saw in the Indies uh, that is now <laughs> AEW that didn't care about your cheers. Uh, didn't care about your booze. He's just there to wrestle. That you know that dude wrestles like on dark and uh, elevation just to get work. Did you know that? Like he'll he'll just stop in Orlando. Like hey, let me work with this person just so I can get some work in. That that guy clearly loves to wrestle. And for the first time, CJ, for the first time ever, I've never seen. And again, gr- great sixty minute match. I've seen plenty of them over the years. Wyndham mm-hmm. Flair and Bach Winkle against uh, Kurt Henning, and I've seen a lot of great sixty minute matches. I've never seen a 60-minute match in which the challenger could... It was still not sweating and not tired and not breathing heavy and could go, like, for another 30 minutes. Like, Brian Danielson's cardio is amazing. It's, like, like what we all should strive for. And Adam Page was also hanging in there, too. He didn't seem like he was exhausted. He was bleeding, but he wasn't exhausted. Yeah. So what I took out of it, it was a great match. But at the same time, both these guys were in great condition to go 60 minutes. And that is just, like you said, that's just something you, you don't see. Uh, when the match started, I'm thinking, eh, this is probably going to be like a 30, 45 minute thing. It probably goes to a draw. And you get past the 45th minute. Oh, they're still going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go. Fight all night. I don't care. But, um, yeah, 60 minutes. And you're right. Uh, you know, Brian Danielson, geez, that, that dude's a freak of nature to be wrestling as long as he's wrestled and still be able to, you know, to put on those type of, of matches. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, um, he's, he's in his element. He's in his element. I, I, I get the feeling that he's, this is the way he's always wanted to wrestle because he was in WWE. You have to kind of conform to this, this certain style, but this is, this is where he lives. This is his lane. And, and man, 
you're going to get these kind of matches every time he steps into the ring. So I'm, I'm here for it. Are you saying on the record, CJ, that the WWE style is a softer style? Are you saying that on the record? I'm, I'm just, you know. I think you just did. You know, I'm just saying, you know, there's, I'm not saying, it's, it's, it's entertaining. It can be entertaining. <laughs> but you, you, you've you've seen the different styles uh, with how WWE wrestlers go, and you look at AEW, and they just—that's another switch, you know. That's that's being flipped over there, and uh, yeah, I'm go ahead and say it. I'm not saying it's, it's softer. It's it's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a little softer. Say, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> say it with your chest. <laughs> Just called it soft, and guess what? Cool, guess what? Brian Danielson cool, said that too. He also says it's a softer yeah. style. So, yeah. I, and by the way, I noticed that in person. Like I've always known that, but it had been a while since I went to a WWE show. I did it for the show. Clearly, that's why. That's why I went to see SmackDown. <laughs> that's why. I, like, so here's the funny. I hadn't said this on the air yet. I'll say it to you. So. You know, when you go to a wrestling show, they tell you when they're coming, when they're returning. Don't forget yeah. that WWE will be back here on March, whatever it was. I think it's like late March. We'll be back here on in late March, two weeks before WrestleMania for Monday Night Raw. And the crowd was like, oh. It's like that show, that you, show is going to be ass. See that that yes. <laughs> yes. Like the whole the crowd was the crowd was ass anyway, right? Because it was very quiet. It was not very enthusiastic until the end of SmackDown when the triangle happened between uh Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. But usually in that spot when the announcers the ring announcer says, "We'll be back for WWE Raw. Get your tickets now by using this QR code." The fans did not even didn't, not even a murmur, just more of like, oh god, you know, three, like, because you know, two and a, it's like two weeks before WrestleMania, pretty much the go home show, like nothing will happen on that show in Chicago, absolutely, nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's, it's like the fans are so smart, man. <laughs> they know they're like, well, we're not going to that. We're not yeah, coming that, out here for that. <laughs> it's what, what I tell you, Chicago, Chicago wrestling fans, they get it. You can't BS Chicago wrestling. That's fans. true. They, they're just they they just know it when they see it. So yeah, for Raw to be here in March, two weeks before WrestleMania, yeah, I'm good on that. I'll 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 catch the updates on YouTube. Couple of things I just want to clean up. Um, so uh, the experiment with New Japan uh, wrestling in America has not worked out well. Uh, they've tried to come to America. They haven't come to Chicago yet, which I understand, but they've been in Dallas and on the West Coast. The experiment has not been great for them. Uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, with their whole thing, Impact Wrestling with NXT, right? They had some kind of cross-promotion, and that's not working at all either. Like, like I can understand Christian was the champion, and I, I never understood the relationship because... It didn't do anything for Impact, um, <laughs> like for whatever reason. Like, like Impact Wrestling is the number one show on Access TV, and that's saying something because uh, it's minuscule. They have under two hundred thousand people watching every week, uh, which is abysmal. So I don't know. I never understood that cross promotion between Impact and the Forbidden Door with NXT, with uh, AEW because it it didn't work. I don't. It didn't do anything for Impact. That's for sure. Um, no, I mean you're you're trying to get brothers out there, you know, behind Kenny Omega, and I'm like, now how in the world is this going to benefit Impact? Uh, I, I'll wait and see. 
you know, what this is going to do. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because you, you want to see those promotions, you know, thrive. Um, yeah, everybody's not going to do WWE numbers and, and AEW numbers, but you do want to see these different promotions uh, to, to be successful because, I mean, if, if you've got successful promotions, that's just great for wrestling fans all around. Uh, it's great for the wrestlers themselves because they have different avenues to go to. So yeah, it's it's, it's unfortunate, uh, especially with the new Japan when you know not being able to work. I was I was really excited when I first heard that they were going to try to come to the U.S. So um, you know maybe they can you know get their heads together and uh, maybe try again or see if they can you know do something a little different because I I think the average fan you know is really missing out on some really cool wrestling over there in New Japan. It would just it would be awesome if they could find a network or, or, or streaming platform uh, to be able to show, you know, just the, the type of talent that they have over there. Uh, shout out to Alex Hammerstone winning the uh, the heavyweight championship against Jacob Fatu. Fatu, one of the more da- dominant wrestlers uh, for a long time in that company, and Hammerstone's a champion, so shout out to him and MLW. And so, as we close here, man, I just want to get your thoughts on what you expect for 2022. What are your thoughts on both WWE and AEW? What your reflections and, and what's your expectations as you look at both companies? Uh, let me start with AEW. Um, for 2022, you know, I, I think uh, Tony Khan has got to figure out um, how, because he's, he's gotten a lot of stars, you know, over the course of this year. You brought in CM Punk, you brought in Brian Davis and uh, Christian Cage. You know, you, you brought in a lot of lot of stars. Uh, you got to make sure there's enough balls to go around. You know, as you as you go into 2022 without sacrificing uh, some of the younger talent. So that's going to be interesting to see over in AEW uh, come 2022 because the the I'm sure the temptation is. You got CM Punk, you got Brian Daniels, and let them let them hold the let them hold the gold, let them hold these these titles. But you got some outstanding young talent too, so it's going to be interesting to see how they can mix in those those veterans with the young stars. For WWE, I'm just hoping uh, you know they they find a way to like make Raw watchable for at least an hour. That's, that's, what yes. for. That's, that's what I'm looking for in 2022. Because I, I, t- I tweeted last night. I was like, you know what? This Bears game is awful. Yes. I not, saw you saw it. Not that. awful enough for me to turn on and watch Raw. That's just not <laughs> happening. Um, they, they've got, um, they, they've got a, a, enough star power there. You just, again, what we've been talking about for forever. You, you've got to make it interesting enough for. Uh, for for me to want to actually sit down and, and tune in, and again, uh, I, I know Roman's the guy, and he, he's going to be the guy for some time to come. But you've got a lot of other established talent there uh, as, as well that you need to you know uh, build up to, uh, because at some point that Roman thing is is going to start to wear a little thin, mm-hmm. uh, especially if he gets by Brock Lesnar. Uh, at day one and more than likely WrestleMania two, you know, because now you're going to start to look around and see, okay, so all right, he beat Brock. Who's next? Like who, who's going to take him? You know, who's going to be the one to take him down? You know, that that's the story you eventually have to, you know, build up to. So you better start getting your ducks in a row now as to who could be a, a viable challenger, you know, for him. Um, and, and then build up Big E too. 
you know, because yes. that man is holding that man is holding your you know, the company title, you know, the number one title, and you know, certainly don't look like he's got the company title. And I love Biggie, you know, I, I want all success for him, but uh, he is definitely playing second and I mean, sometimes third fiddle. Um, if you you know look at a Charlotte Flair or somebody, somebody like that, right? So you know, build up, you know, build up your stars. Because if you can do that, you're you're going to make for some entertaining television. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to, and, and hopefully that it can happen in 2022. So what I'm looking forward to in 2022, CJ, is this: I um, I would like for the other some other brand to emerge, whether that's Game Changer, whether it's MLW, NWA, MLW, whatever company. I like for them to emerge as a third brand. Um, this two horse race is not going to work, right? Um, no, somebody's got to have money. Like, I, like I could tell an organization, hey, come up with some money, get some TV, and so I can watch a third brand. But you know, it doesn't work that easy. Um, Black News Channel uh, had was supplemented with fifty million dollars by Shad Khan, and they re- and they laid off so many people during the holidays. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. I read that this this morning. I'm like. Wait, Black News Channel started in February 2020. They're already laying off people. So even if you have money, like $50 million to supplement it, it doesn't mean it's going to be successful. So you have to have a business plan. And those are, I want in 2022 other organizations to step up and, and be able to be that third viable brand on TV or digitally for us to be attracted to. Um, as far as the other two companies, the WWE, I mean, it's what we always talk about, right? Um, you know, as you mentioned, build your stars, right? Um, stop having Groundhog Day matches but, and don't take your audience for granted. The idea yeah. that you'll have the same match over and over again, the same circumstances, and pretend like no one's watching, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, the, the, yeah. the raw ratings have been have never been worse. You can say it's football, but ultimately it's about storytelling, right? And so yeah. if you're not willing to change, then you get the same result. You know, when you're drawing $1.5 million on a Monday, that's pretty bad. Uh, and look, I know that Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and I walking to the door anytime soon. But you have a roster of over 200 people. You mean tell me that your, your whole organization is predicated on like six people? I mean, like, like, like it's Becky, it's Charlotte, it's, you know, it's Roman, it's Brock. And like two other people, right? I mean, right. I mean that that can't worry. It cannot be based on just a few people when you have so many others that can help you and to give you something new and fresh. Uh, giving Cesaro just one title match doesn't make make it seem like you're fresh. It's just giving you're just pandering, right? Yeah, to mm-hmm. give Finn Balor a shot against Roman Reigns in 2021, just one shot, and then go away from it. That's not that's not a sustainable. Uh, program, uh, so that's that's a problem. So hopefully that changes at some point, at least a little bit from the WWE and from AEW. Do not fall in the trap of WCW. Don't do it. Like, listen, you have good TV now. You're gonna be moving to TBS pretty soon here, which is gonna be good for your company. You have awareness, but uh, but understand this, CJ, and I I don't think I've said this in a long time, but I want to say it here, man. Look. You are not competing against anybody. You're not. It, it, this is not the Monday Night Wars where it's like we got to hot shot everything. Oh shit! You know what's the WWE? What's the WWE doing? Okay, so now we have to do. You don't. It's not that. You have a standalone product on a Wednesday. 
to take your time to tell the stories. You don't have to give us you listen, we appreciate the matches, don't get me wrong. But the point is, don't burn yourself out of ideas by putting so much stuff up there that you still draw, you know, less than a million people, right? At some point you right. gotta be able to tell stories. You can have yeah. five star matches, but you but the the thing that has kept WWE in business is storytelling for better or for worse it's been storytelling and so i think at times aw's light on stories like here's a two-week bill now let's get to the pay-per-view here's a here's a one-week bill we like we should not see cm punk against mjf until like the the summer but we're gonna get it soon right and so right. what is that so but my point is there's you have to be able to tell long-form stories to get the build uh a perfect example is edge and orton right Edge and Orton, like there was a long term, there's a long story that was told. And then finally they had a series of matches. And, and so it, it, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I think AEW just has to slow down just a little bit on the, and tell a story net, net more so than trying to please Dave Meltzer. That, that's my whole thing for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, uh, character development uh, needs to be talked about. Uh, more because that's what you invest your time in is, is, is the character one of the main reasons why uh, Roman Reigns has basically rocketed himself up to the stratosphere because he's, he's developed a character that you care about whether you love him and want to acknowledge him or you hate him you know you're invested in that character you either want to see him continue his dominance or you want to see somebody come and, and just finally take him out you know that's what AEW uh uh, needs to do on, on their end. You know, we know who CM Punk is. We know, you know, who Brian Danielson is. We we know these guys. But now let's get them involved in some storylines. Let's get them involved in some, in some feuds. Yeah, I don't need to see CM Punk uh, versus MJF. Just have them cut promos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for months on end because it's going to be fire. And and just get a big blow off, you know, at, in, in the summer. You know, I, I don't yeah, that's something that um, really since the beginning of AEW, they've been very light on. Is just that character development. Why am I supposed to care about Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. you know, or, or Darby Allen, you know, or or any of these guys? Give me a reason to care. Give me a reason, you know, to stay invested in their characters. That's awesome. Like you said, thinking, you know, give me five star matches on a Wednesday night on free TV. Cool, great. Good, I'm, I, I love that. But you know, how's that going to be different from the five star match that you had last week? You know, on, on Dynamite. So that that's uh, yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with you on, on that. Give me long form storytelling. That's that's what's going to keep me glued into Dynamite every Wednesday night. When it comes to pop culture and sports, you got it covered on the CTJReport.net. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, it's just my little blog, you know. Uh, I tend to uh, write about stuff that uh, I uh, find interesting. Uh, uh, just as I was driving home, I saw that Megan Good is getting divorced. I'm gonna have yes! <laughs> I mean, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, for all you guys, uh, you know, she, she's back on the market. Get your shots ready. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Hold on, CJ. I said that wrong. I'm sorry, man. I, I I didn't I didn't mean to come in strong with the yeah. I should have said, oh, you know that's that's a shame. 
that's, that's terrible. And, 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 no, it is. It is. Um, but you know, those, those are the type of things. Um, I'm probably going to try and do like a, a best of who my MVPs are for like music and movies. Uh, music wise, I mean, it, it ended on the best possible note possible, uh, with Silk Sonic. Ah, oh, that album yes. is just, that album is just terrific. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably uh, you'll get that uh, hopefully before the end of the year if my kids you know don't uh, keep me up on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the the, the ctjreport.net. That's where you go, and I expect to have uh, some more wrestling. That's also I should have mentioned that for twenty twenty two. More of your thoughts on wrestling. I know that you're a pop culture guy. You got a lot of stuff going on, and you got more movie reviews coming in twenty twenty two as your blog starts to expand. But uh, yeah, we need more of that too yeah i'm, I'm I, I got you on that that day one preview you know for wwe mm-hmm. uh looks like he's had some pretty good matches for that one so i, I do want to preview that and just kind of uh, get everybody ready and and set up for what should be uh the official uh and they're building this as the official kind of start on a road to wrestlemania i know they normally do it for royal rumble but i, I think they're going to use day one now as the official start you know, for that that build up to WrestleMania, so I, I'll be talking about that on my blog as well. Yeah, there's going to be so many people from Atlanta hungover from being at the club the night before. I don't, I don't know if that was the right city for that. I don't know. Well, you know, just keep Randy, just keep Randy Orton away from Magic City. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good advice. That's good advice. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Hey, man, happy holidays and Merry Christmas uh, to your family. It's great that we've connected. Another positive for the show to get new voices on here and different perspectives uh, for 2021. Hope that we. We can continue to connect on 2022. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, it was outstanding, man. Great, great, great uh, vibe going on. Absolutely. Again, the the ctjreport.net. Uh, bookmark that and uh, check it out for your wrestling and pop culture needs. Thank you so much for supporting Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday all year long in 2021. I hope that you have a great 2022. Happy New Year. And happy holidays to you and your family. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And don't forget, follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. You click the bio, you could be able to check out our merchandise. We got a lot for the Under the Hood podcast as well as uh, what's happening with Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. So thanks so much for your support as always. And hope that you have a great 2022.